Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is January 31st. Today we're going to continue in Moses chapter 8. Starting in verse 17 it says, And the Lord said unto Noah, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he shall know that all flesh shall die. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. And if men do not repent, I will send in the floods upon them. Now, this could sound like a really harsh scripture at very first glance. It could sound like, okay, God's really mad. He's saying everyone's going to die. I'm just going to send this flood and let's be done with it. But what I love here is that God is giving this warning that the spirit's not always going to dwell with man. But what he does say is, I'm going to give mankind 120 years, and I'm going to give the spirit 120 years to keep working on them. Notice God is saying, yes, the spirit's not always going to dwell with man, but I will have the spirit striving with men for that entire time. And then once that hits, if they haven't repented, spirit's going to be removed. Flood is going to happen. But God does not give up on his children. He knows the end from the beginning, yes, but he continues to give every opportunity that he can for his children to repent, for the spirit to teach and to inspire and to change his children. I love that word strive. It doesn't just say my spirit shall not always dwell with man, but it says strive with man, meaning the spirit is fighting for the souls of men, fighting for repentance, for change, for deliverance. And I absolutely love how invested God is in his children and how he's not just turning his back and giving up on his kids, but that he's really doing every absolute thing in his power to save every soul that he can. I take so much comfort in that because I think every single one of us has a loved one, maybe a child, maybe a friend or a sibling or an aunt and uncle. All of us know someone who isn't making the choices that we wish they were making, right? People who are straying, people who are struggling, people who are not wanting anything to do with the Spirit of God. But here, what we should realize and what we should learn is that God continues to fight for the souls of each of his children, even if it seems hopeless, even if it seems like they are past feeling, even if it seems like there is no chance for them, God will continue to strive for the hearts of his children until the very last possible moment. I find so much comfort in that. Now, the very next verse has something that I want to talk about, not because it's got this doctrine that's really cool, but it just kind of clears up some things in the Bible. It says, And in those days there were giants on the earth, and they sought Noah to take away his life. But the Lord was with Noah, and the power of the Lord was upon him. The thing that I just kind of want to clear up, that verse is really cool and and the principles are true, but just something that I wanted to clear up in that verse is the Bible talks about giants in the land. And I'm not going to say absolutely for sure there were giants or there weren't giants. I don't want to get into that. But there is an interesting translation in Hebrew for giants. The word giants or the word that they use for giants actually means bullies or tyrants. And it's thought by a lot of biblical scholars that the people who were translating the Bible from original Hebrew understood the nuances of that word, that it wasn't just a bully or a tyrant, but that there was something different about them that allowed them to be a bully or a tyrant. So it's very, very possible that the people that they're talking about, the giants in the land, were 
really big guys. I mean, think about Goliath and what we know about him. He was nine feet, nine inches tall. But not only that, he was huge. He was muscular and just really, really big. And so it could be that when it talks about giants in the land, that there was something physically different about them, but that that physical difference had turned them into maybe a bully or a tyrant in the land. Again, that's not a life-changing doctrine, but something that I found interesting and something that I remember reading the Bible for the first time and wondering about that word giants and why it was used and what was really meant by it. Okay, so let's now take a look at verses 20 and 21. It says, And it came to pass that Noah called upon the children of men that they should repent, but they hearkened not unto his words. And also, after that they had heard him, they came up before him, saying, Behold, we are the sons of God. Have we not taken unto ourselves the daughters of men? And are we not eating and drinking and marrying and given in marriage? And our wives bear unto us children. And the same are mighty men, which are like unto men of old, men of great renown. And they hearkened not unto the words of Noah. Now, there is so much in here that I find so interesting. But what I love here is the dynamic of Noah, who has been called and ordained by God to preach repentance and to help people turn to God. But when he does that, he is met with these men who, first of all, say, we are sons of God. Now, first of all, in the scriptures, the Lord calls them sons of men. But here they're saying, no, 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 we are not sons of the world. We are sons of God, which by lineage, yes, absolutely they were. They are spirit sons of God. But for God, it's more than that. They weren't choosing him. They weren't making covenants with him. They were sons of God by lineage, but not by choice. And then it goes on and it says, and we've taken wives and that's a good thing. And then he says, and are we not eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage? What I find so fascinating here is that even in this day, and honestly, from the beginning of record that we have of the adversary, something that we can see that he was doing and still does in our day is he tries to remove all accountability for sin. One of the great lies that Satan tells in our day that he has always told is that there is no accountability for sin, or even in fact, maybe even to go so far as to say there is no sin. Sin doesn't exist. We just live and we do what we want to do and we live the way we're going to live. And sure, we try to be good people, but in the end, it doesn't matter because there's no right or wrong. There's no truth or error. There's no good or bad. There just is. And that is a lie that they were caught up in as these sons of men. Here they're saying, we are eating and we're drinking and we're marrying and we're giving in marriage. There's no consequence here. We're just living our lives. And it's okay, God doesn't care. It sounds so similar to what's said in 2 Nephi chapter 28, verse 7, which says, Yea, there shall be many which shall say, Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, and it shall be well with us. A lie that Satan has told from the beginning is that there is no such thing as sin, that there's no right and wrong. Because if he can truly get us to believe that it doesn't matter what we do, and that there's no consequence for our actions or for sin, then he has us completely ensnared. It's no wonder that these men hearkened not unto the words of Noah. Why would they? Because they had bought into every lie that the adversary told them. Why would they change? Why would they hearken if they truly believed that 
there was no wrongdoing and that there would be no consequence for their choices. But my friends, we know to call the adversary out in that lie, that lie that he is still trying to tell. We know that it matters what we do. We know that God has a standard for us to live by and that it matters the choices that we make. Now, of course, we all make mistakes. We all sin. We all mess up. But just like Elder Scott taught us, the Lord sees weaknesses differently than he does rebellion. We make mistakes. We are weak. We are mortal. But when we repent, God treats that weakness with the greatest degree of mercy possible. But that is a far cry from what was happening here in Noah's day. It wasn't weakness that kept them from listening and obeying the prophets. It was rebellion. And it was a belief in the lies that Satan was spreading. That there is no evil, that there is no sin, that there is no consequence. My friends, we know better. And because we know better, we know that God provided us with every opportunity to repent, to turn to him, to access the atonement of Jesus Christ to be made whole and more and better. And it's my testimony that when we do that, we are greeted with mercy, with love, and with a blanket of forgiveness that accompanies the atonement of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 